rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1860. Be prepared, be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm back across the pond. Seems like I've been there many times in the last few months at Nudigate in the UK with a very special guest by the name of Gary Hall. Hey, Gary, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. All right, cool. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one thing that most people may not know about you? One thing that may, people may not know about me, um, Porsche interior trimmer. Yeah, pretty worldwide, pretty worldwide. I think that's, uh, that says it all, really. I think we'll go into that. Well, here's one thing that's really great about today. You guys in the UK are finally getting let out of lockdown from COVID today, right? Uh, yes. Yes, what a relief. Wow, yeah, we uh, had a nice long pre-show chat, Gary and I, about uh, the effects of COVID on business and still the effect on supply chain and how that makes them, some things challenging. Of course, all you listeners already know that because you've lived through it. Welcome to a little bit of freedom or a lot of freedom, Gary. Uh, we we just got let out as well not too long ago, so it's nice to uh, be free and hopefully we can all get back to going to car shows and enjoying other people, right? I think that's the one thing I have really missed going to, um, a lot, like you guys over there, we have cars and coffee and all those sort of car events, classic car shows have all been shut for 18 months. So I'm looking forward to those sort of things, getting back up again. Absolutely. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into what you do. Gary Hall is the owner of Classic FX, where they combine a qualified engineer's attention to detail with the traditional upholstery skills learned from time-served old-school trimmers who produce Porsche interiors just the way they would have left Stuttgart. Gary and his team have worked with some of the biggest names in the Porsche world. They source or manufacture materials that are precisely recreate the factory finishes in your Porsche. Their attention to perfection and details is unprecedented from your Recaro seats to your Targa roofs and all your interior needs. My listeners know I love Porsche, so today we're talking about Porsche interiors. What fun. I'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So Sit tight and we'll be right back. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt, limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving 
a hazard. Covercraft's Dash Mat Design Center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance, designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. So Gary, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the Porsche interior. I want you to share a little bit about how your business was developed, how it's grown. You're worldwide. You're known around the world for the incredible quality that you you give to these Porsche interiors from seats to tops to trunk spaces and liners and everything. So walk us through how your business has evolved. The business has evolved. Um, it's sort of uh, gone full circle. So, um, uh, as a trained as a mechanical electronic engineer at university uh, many, many years ago, while I was there, as you do, you get um, you know, like I don't know what we call in the UK a Saturday job or a part-time job to fund fund things, get some money in, etc. And I worked at a local trimming company. That went really well. The guy could obviously see that I was um, had an aptitude for that sort of work. And I uh, worked there for a while, left the university, uh, wanted to do the traveling thing, uh, didn't want to go into the workplace, worked there. He said, come and work for me. So I worked there for about a year, went off into industry uh, after that, and... And started a company, it became quite big. That moved, I moved on from that probably about 15, 20 years ago and started uh, that, that allowed me to buy Porsches, mm. uh, classic Porsches. So at that time, I, I, I trimmed, uh, trimmed a car using the skills that I'd gained in a, a sort of a, an earlier experience and uh, classic car shows, cars and coffee. Who trimmed your car? Well, I did that. Um, or would you do mine? And then hobby sort of became business and yeah uh, yeah, that's that's how most people uh, evolve I I think Uh, and then we're sort of 10 12 years later and here we are well, the thing about this is I have a lot of guests that, that that has happened for. And in the past, a lot of times people say, be careful, because when your hobby becomes your business, then the fun goes away because business is business. And there's all these other aspects. Now, it sounds like for you, that didn't happen. You, I, I get the sense that you really love what you're doing. I, I do. And I think my customers pick up on that because I had a passion for Porsches and then 
I've, I've had classic Porsches um, pretty much uh, all my working life. Customers tell me often um, throughout a year, would take a year, is that you treat the car as if it's your own. And I do from the budgetary monetary terms. You know, what would I do in that situation? Well, I try and economically eke out as much product or as much service as I can from that budget as I would myself. So I, I, I look at customers' cars as it's my own and, and work on it as my own. So I want the best quality, the best finish, etc. And I think that's possibly a key to our success is that customers pick up on that. And not only do you become their they're your customer, but I'm their customer. And it, it evolves in that sort of situation. So that's that's the way I work. You started collecting Porsches a while back. I've had many Porsche 911s and a 914 and uh, BMWs and so forth. The Porsches are my mark of choice. How have you seen with the restoration of interiors in particular evolve over time? Because these cars have become more and more valuable. And a lot of the uh, concept of originality has become very important to people in restoring cars. And also this, this kind of hot rod version. You know, you think about RS group cars or uh, what Singer has done with their cars and people that are following his lead, maybe not at that high of a price point. How have you seen the evolution of car interiors happen? Are people more concerned about originality now? Because I know you import a lot of products from Germany, right? I do. I do. Um, it's, it's a good point. Since uh, we'll, we'll talk seven, eight years ago, since the price of cars, uh, classic Porsches, has, has risen in cost. Back in the 80s when people were customizing, just really changing. And this goes for any car manufacturer, just really changing things. Oh, that'll work. I'll put another seat in that. And uh, yeah, it fits. So I could drive it, uh, use some vinyl, use some upholstery materials, etc. So now we've come full circle. All the customers I see that nowadays are either changing their car from uh, what it is, what someone's left it with, or what it changed it to back to factory original. Mm. And that's where the value of the car is. So when the car moves on, if it's perfect and it's as it came from the factory, it has more value. And plus, customers want to want, want want to show their cars off and say, "Look, this is this is this is original. This is this is how it is." And if it's not original, it's as close to original as it can be. Now, you do both classic cars, but do you also do work on newer cars? I know newer cars don't need as much work, but sometimes people want to do custom things on newer cars, maybe seat inserts or different options that they didn't get on a car they bought used that's maybe not quite that old. Correct, I do, I do. Um, a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the high end GT series of cars, um, the 991 and now the 992, um, have a seat variation that is has removable centers. So I do a lot of replacement. Now, a good example of that is um, um, the Americans mm-hmm. love to customize stuff. So they'll they'll be changing from standard Alcantara to plaids to Scottish plaids to. Um, different types of tartan materials and and are really going for it and, and I love all that but uh, say for instance us British and Europeans we want to stick to stock mm-hmm. stuff so I tend to do a lot of vintage Porsche materials in in later cars so nine, uh, like 991s and 992s where they want to put a bit of a classic feel on their new car and uh, at the same time, they've probably got a classic as well. So you get a lot of cu- 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 customer owners that have, that have a classic Porsche and then they have a new Porsche. So they like to, to customize it to maybe a, look like an early Porsche inside and just give it that. Whether driving it, they 
They think, oh, okay, I've got an early 911 here. I've got my early 911 that's back in the garage. (laughs) Right, exactly. What is your favorite part of what you do in your business, in your career? I think my favorite part is um, I really enjoy and I specialize on working on really early 911s. So real, the really early series. So from 65 to say 73, which is what you call, we call short wheelbase on long wheelbase. You call it short wheelbase short hood and long, long hood. Yeah, yeah <laughs> short, short wood and long hood. Um, so I tend to specialize in those. But um, the area of the area that, that that I enjoy most about my job is is a retrimming a car. So um, I sent you a picture today of uh, me in a '65 911 that we're just finishing the interior on. That's an early one. That is that's a, a, a 300 series car. That is so that's a very early car. But the customer the customers visited a couple of three times, and you can see the. You know, I get the enjoyment of talk, walking through what we've done and in, and they can see I'm passionate about what I do and, and they pick up on that and they enjoy that. They enjoy the journey and I, I pick up and that's what I really enjoy. I enjoy them enjoying the journey and then handing it over and, you know, they're, they're happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so much fun when you, you get to have a car restored or you get to fix a car, or customize a car and, and do exactly what you want. That's what us car folks are all about. Right. You know, I like to ask guests about driving inspirations, maybe a mentor or someone in your past that's helped you become successful. Is there a person like that in your life? Um, I, uh, nobody that really springs to mind. I think uh, like most business owners, small business owners, uh, you you look at your partner for inspiration, and they're always a really good sounding board. Um, she's been my rock, uh, basically, and, and she does, um, uh, she does, you know, up, uh, running about for us, what we call running about is um, going to local leather suppliers and picking and stuff up, and, and, and she's a really good sounding board for customers or, or detail, and Although I have two guys that work for me, I can always say to to her, "How does that look?" Well, maybe you, you <laughs> she'll, know, maybe she'll be real you just get a little you. bit out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas my guys would just say, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's that dynamic between an employee, even though they may be an associate, as you call them, whatever you call them, a, a workmate, but employee versus a, a spouse. And it's a great thing about having a spouse that kind of calls you to task, as I like to say. Uh, my wife does the same with me, and sometimes I may not like it, but I know she's right. Yeah, you'll always get the answer just a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now, yeah, 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 I saw that. I saw that, but I thought I'd get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's good. That's a good uh, a good person to have in your life. Sure. If you were going to advise young people, and, and I'm really keen to this because one of the things that I talk a lot about here are young people coming into the trade, getting young people into the trade. So as, as people like you and I age out, let's say, we need some people behind us to help us continue to take care of these vehicles and, and continue this. How would you advise maybe a young person that might want to get into this type of career um it's a difficult question it really is a difficult question especially here in the uk and i don't know about america but i have a couple of guys and they're, they're quite young um i've got one that's uh 20 late 20s and one that's 21 and the guy that's 21 they, he's very good he's like a sponge um he would just absorb or everything but um, i'm telling him the process, the way I do it, etc. So I would say that um, it, it, it's a dying art, um, uh, car upholstery, car trimming, but it is it's a skilled art. So 
it needs it needs people coming into the industry and, and I'm happy we're happy here to train um, but it's getting the right person for the job we may go through 20 people to get one right. um, so or yeah so um, um, I can't really answer that question with a uh, yeah we should do this we should do that I think with us it's I have in the past tried many and one will shine and one will think, yeah, I, I really want to do this. I get, I get enjoyment from it. And they're rare, very rare. Well, you know, it's kind of that way in a lot of businesses is finding the stars. Oh, yeah. I am uh, involved with a couple organizations, uh, Tech Force Foundation and RPM mm-hmm. Foundation. And these are two groups that help young people find careers in the automotive sector, specifically hands-on careers, fabricating, trimming, uh coach building, all these kinds of things that are somewhat, we'll say, dying arts. Because when you think about in car interiors, and Gary and I were talking in our pre-show chat, my wife recently had an issue with her 2004 BMW X5. The seat uh, overheated and actually burned a hole through the bottom of the seat or the top of the seat, the leather uh, car we've had since new. Just the heating element must have gotten pinched or something and it you know, kind of burned through. And the only way to fix it was to replace the entire seat bottom. And I was thinking, well, this is ridiculous. Can't you just find somebody to, you know, put a new heating element? But the way it was built, it was molded into the foam, the heating element. So it was damaged and couldn't be replaced. And so nowadays they just replace entire elements versus fixing pieces and panels and so forth. And that's another, I think that's another part of the challenge, but there's always going to be old cars around, right? At least we hope so (laughs) to work on. I think so. I think so. I think you hit the nail on the head with uh, early Porsches and and most early classic cars. You've 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 not got to be just an interior trimmer. You've got to be a restorer as well. You've got to be a welder. You've got to be a fabricator. Mm-hmm. You've got to you've got to be a mechanical engineer, an electrical engineer, etc. And I always say when I'm um, I'm talking to customers and they're having a, a maybe a, an interior trim etc I said I say the reason I've got these two guys that work with me is because I may sit behind a sewing machine but there's far more to it than that there's taking the seat apart and then I've got a particular guy at the moment as we speak he's just welding some new captive nuts on a 65 911 seat because well you put screws in they just go ping and you've ah, trimmed it yeah, and, and yeah. it's all so there's so much pre-trimming and I would say well it's not just trimming a seat there's there's so much behind that and, and that that happens for everyone you've got to be you've not got to just be a trimmer you've got to be everything you've got to be a car restorer everything but yes yeah, there's a lot of pieces. You know, I think I had a 72 911S and those darn door pockets that Porsche built in those cars that always wear out and they never fit tight and they hang out. And I, I remember trying to fix that one day and it was so frustrating for me because I thought, oh, it's just going to be a little elastic strap. But there was so much more to that. You know the pockets I'm talking about, right? Uh, I do. I do. I fit lots. I fit lots. Although over the years, um, the replacements have become better and better and better. And there's one particular manufacturer in Germany that they fit really well. I've actually got a 72E in at the moment. Oh, so nice. 72 is a unique year, as you know, because it's got the oil flapper. Yes. Yep. It's, the, it's the only one with a side oil tank. And Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice car. 72S. It was a great car. I had a 72S, and we, we had it for a long time. My kids learned how to drive stick shift in that what car. What was the color mark? It was ivory over black. Uh, ivory, ivory. Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it had the uh, had the black sports seats. 
you know, it was a great car, all original car. And it was just one of those cars that back before it became really valuable, uh, we just used it for everything. I took it on tours. I, I think now about how many nights I left it in a hotel parking lot and somebody could have walked away with it. And now I would. Yeah, and yeah, the sad yeah. thing is these things have become so valuable that you don't do that with them anymore. I mean, I no, they become too valuable, too precious. Customers become too precious with them. Yeah, um, which is kind and of. And talking a about Sportacaros, uh, it had Sportacaros in the front. What we call that's how I think the, the the two of us got together with a customer in the US that I trimmed a set of Sportacaros. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's got a two seven RS. Yes, uh, yeah. Gear uh, Frank Ferris. Mm. I believe. Yes, Frank. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I phoned me lots of times. <laughs> Frank's wonderful. And a shout out to you, Frank. Thanks for uh, introducing me to Gary here. Uh, it's fantastic. So many of my listeners and past guests have introduced me to great people from all over the world. So I'm very appreciative. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a challenge. Having a business is full of challenges. Uh, life's full of challenges. We just went through about 18 months of a massive challenge. So keep that in mind and we'll be right back. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Auto techs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. All right, Gary, so let's talk about a big challenge. Now, this could be a life challenge, a business challenge, whatever it might be. What I'm most interested in is what it taught you so you can move forward in a positive way. So take us on a little bit of a, a bumpy ride. Maybe it's in a Porsche. Who knows? Um, what challenges do I face or what challenges? Um, I think one of what we talked about pre-interview was um, one of the challenges that I have at the moment is materials. Supply you know, chain. Yeah. Supply chain issues are horrendous at the moment. And we talked about um, in the UK Brexit and how that's affecting my business. And so at the moment, with uh, obviously working on Porsches, I order a lot of materials from Germany, and a lot of German suppliers will ship it across now with Brexit, etc. 
Um, they got to come through the customs route, a bit like they do from the US, but we seem to have mastered the US um, parts coming from the US a long time ago. But we don't seem to have mastered it with Europe coming into the UK since the change. So a lot of get parts get held up in customs. Huge challenges for me, huge pressures with customers demanding, especially on materials that we're waiting for. For, for um, We talked about seat inserts, new Porsches. I, I buy I buy from the Porsche factory, uh, so material, the material producer, uh, and I have that shipped over and I've had some stuff waiting for three or four weeks and you're taking orders for this stuff and customers don't like waiting. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Um, especially if they want to change some interior parts on their, their their new Porsche and they're ready for it, they paid their money and, and, and we're classic effects are saying, we said two weeks, but it's now going to be six. Um, so they're huge challenges, business challenges for me at the moment. Uh, and they're the ones that spring to mind. Help us understand from this side of the pond how Brexit affects that issue of products coming into the UK. Is it just that customs now is a lot more picky or are they why does Brexit cause a problem with that? Um, it <laughs> Uh, we've been doing it for years. So if I order uh, order some a material, a part, a screw, a nut from the US, um, you'll you guys will send it over and you'll say the value is uh, just an example 10, 10, 10 GB pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll come in, it'll stop at customs, and they'll say, right, okay, some duty to pay on this, say some VAT, so 20% at £10, £2. Um, uh, Gary, you pay the £2, in it comes, there's your product. Exactly the same with Brexit. But because of the amount now, suddenly you're, you're turned a light switch, and the amount that's coming from Europe into the UK is 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 vast, probably so much more vast than what the Americans is, or, or America is sending over to the UK. So you've got people like uh, carriers, I don't know, UPS example, they're absolutely inundated. So it's not a question of uh, how much you've got to pay. It's got to come in. It's got to be processed. It's it's just a Paper, huge stop Paperwork. Yeah. Paperwork. Yeah. yeah. It's bureaucracy, yeah, right? The, per- the perfect storm especially with COVID as well, because that's delayed things. So um, uh, in the UK, we're, 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 uh, the buzzword is at the moment, it's a perfect storm. It's just all gone wrong. Yes. Yeah, it, re- it really is. It's just affected so many different things. On a small business scale, that's really, really damaging because when you're on a in a small business, you're on a one-to-one with a customer all the time. They always want to speak to the engineer um, and and how's it going? Have you made it yet? Is it going to come in? And you're running out of answers. I'm running out of answers at the moment. Well, sometimes there aren't any answers. I, there's a, a small uh, shop here in Gig Harbor where I live that sells teak furniture for your patio uh-huh. and so forth. They're, it's manufactured in Indonesia. And I stopped in there the other day just to look for a couple chairs. There's nothing in his showroom. And I said, what's going Are you moving? He goes, no, I can't get anything. He said, it used to be I would order one container and pay $3,500 to fill a container with all this furniture. He goes, I can't buy a container for 15 grand. They're all booked. They're all taken up and everything's backlogged. And then when it gets here, there's no one to take it off the ships because people aren't working. So there's all these elements. And he said, so here I am with a store with nothing in it. What do you do? Close the door? I 
I'm stuck. What do you do? What do you do? Well, he said, you just have to wait until this ends. And uh, it's really difficult. And he's a small business, you know, one man shop. And uh, he said, said, my folks in Indonesia can make all this stuff. I just cannot get it here. And he said a lot of the big box stores, let's say Costco's or Walmart's or Home Depot, all these big box, they've got the money to buy up all the containers because he said these ships only carry so much stuff. And, uh, well, I, I, I heard a story, Mark, that um, uh, containers into the UK from China at the moment are um, they before I was talking to a guy with a Porsche that owns a kitchen company, Fitz Kitchens, etc., mm-hmm. yep. and bringing in product from uh, China and the Far East, etc., uh, 1,200 pounds or 1,200 GB pounds to bring a container over in normal times. That has accelerated yes. to 6,000 pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah just to get the container moved. And, I know. and now we're in a situation where we've got containers on docks that go, well, I'm not paying that. So there's a huge stockpile of people say, well, I'm not paying. I'm right. Not paying. Leave it. They'll yeah. need it. So again, the perfect storm. And at the backside of that, I've got some um, carpet material waiting to come in to trim a Porsche that's just sitting there doing nothing. Well, and then that instigates inflation. Price rise, and we're seeing that everywhere too. So perfect storm indeed. Let's get rid of this perfect storm so we can go back to uh, better times. Yeah, it's just been a challenge. If you look ahead to your business right now, do you have kind of a projection of bucket list dreams of what you'd like your business to be or uh, in the future? Um, Are you thinking of expanding into any areas or is it just a matter of finding some more workers because you've got so much work to do? We are extremely busy, extremely busy. So I always say, uh, at the moment, if you inquire with a car, an early 911, interior works, etc., um, you're looking at a six to 10 month lead time before we can book the car in. And I, I'm in a place where I just want, don't want to get any bigger, but we're, we're cool. I just, I've got two guys, we've got more than enough work for us. And I'm, I'm honest and fair with customers and saying, this is how long it takes. We don't want to get any bigger. We don't want to get any smaller. We're just comfortable what we do. Well, your specialty shop. So there you go. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, I, I made a I made a pact this year uh, in 2021 that we wouldn't keep saying yes to everything. Ah. <laughs> um, because it's so easy to say yes. Oh, it's only a small job. We do that, and all the yes jobs um, become. A huge problem and then all the big jobs the long what I call long-termers so a long-term interior job uh, on an early 911 would take us four to five weeks by the time we've sourced the parts etc and that's not working on it um, constantly it's just oh we can't do anything because we haven't got that part or we need to order that we didn't think of that that part's missing etc etc so we're working on two or three of those at any one time and if you throw in some a guy that turns up with a couple of Porsche seats in the back of his truck I'm um, just dropping them off how long do you reckon and we're saying 12 12 to 15 weeks for that sort of stuff yeah and he goes what <laughs> yeah, indeed. So you get to a stage where, oh, should I get someone else? Should I not get someone else? I don't want to be busy fools, if you like, because you can be a little bit like that where you're doing work and you, you, you know, a business is a business. You need to make margin to pay your staff, etc. Where right. you're doing stuff and you're just a busy fool where you, you're not making any margin on it. You're just turning stuff over. And I think you can be a victim of your own success. So I'm quite grounded in the way that I think it's, you know, uh, that's the way I work. Well, you dropped a great value bomb for people with businesses. Find your niche and stick with your your niche. Yeah. 
define. If you want to grow into a large business, then find that path. But if you want to stay where you're at or just focus on certain things, the key I heard you say is know when to say no. And that's important. Uh, yes. That's hard for people to do is say no. But when mm. you do that, you can more closely define your business and grow your business within that niche, which is Agreed. typically more profitable too. So I think in the working space, it's, it's difficult to say no because you think, well, will there be work there in six months? If I say no to this, you know, um, right. I said no to a, um, a 964 cab roof today. Um, it's a big dealer in the UK, mass, huge restorer that we do lots and lots of work for. And they just call and say, Gary, can you do this 964 cab roof? No, we can't do it. We're just too busy at the moment. We've got a couple of early cars in. And if you're fair and honest with people, they go, okay, fine. We'll just tell the customer no. And, yeah. and that's fine. You know, yeah. And whereas... Yeah. Maybe, maybe I can plate spin, get it in. Maybe I can do that. And you know you're not going to do it. So you just disappoint. And then you're under pressure and stress, and that's no good. So, yeah, I'm just fair and honest. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to be. I want to talk about a special car in your life. You talked about having uh, older Porsches starting a ways back, uh, which is very, very cool for a car guy like me who loves old Porsches. Is there one car in your history that really stands out for you? I, I think there is. Um, I obtained about five or six years ago uh, a 1967S right-hand drive. Now, right-hand drive cars in, in 67 format, sure wheelbase, they were only uh, for 34 bought into the country that year. Um, so they're special cars anyway. And even 67Ss in the US, they were only 1,500, something like that. So there were only 34, 34 right-hand drives. Well, this particular car, the original owner, customer, brought it in and he ordered it paint to sample. So it's it's one of 34 paint to sample. So he's best in, in a very, very beautiful metallic green. My wife called it a teal, if you can imagine that color, if you know what color teal is. Um, and, and we restored that because we do quite a lot. Although we don't advertise it, we do do some early classic restoration in the shop as well. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really a closed community. I'll do, I might do that for a customer that, that's asked me specifically because they know the detail that we go to. So we restored this 67S and I, 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 I finished it and drove it about a really special car. And immediately, once in the marketplace, it wasn't offered for sale, but the offers were coming in, the prices were going up. So it was just, it just had to go. There was a, there was a big, big sack of cash that came across and yeah. I just thought, okay, I'll move on to the next one. And so that was the special car in my life. I had an early 356, a 356A for a long, long time when my, my two, uh, my two children were, were, were very young. It was right hand drive again. So we, we uh, we emphasize the right-hand drive over here because they're extremely rare. They, the Porsche only made very limited numbers in right-hand drive. And that was a 356, 356A. And my, Ooh, my, nice. my memories of that are just visiting classic car shows with the two, the two kids in the back and having a picnic and <laughs> just fun. talking. To, yeah, quite fun. Ah, I love it. Yeah. But this, the flip side of the coin quickly is um, – I have, I've just sold actually a Carrera T, which is a 991 and a half. Oh, yes. So I do like the modern stuff as well. Um, that was a special car. I really liked the, the Carrera T, the manual seven speed. I really like manual cars. Uh, but again, I bought that, I bought that new in 2018 and the prices on them, Mark, have just gone 
bonkers. I know, it's nuts. So, yeah. Dealer asked me, uh, I know you've got a Carrera T, is it for sale? I, you know, I just sold it for more, not more than what I bought <laughs> it, but I'd had three years motoring and sold it for what I paid for it. How good's that? It's mad. Uh, well, it's a rare, yeah, it's a crazy time right now. Absolutely. It uh, is. It yeah, is. yeah, I love those cars. Is that the same in the US as well? Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah. cannot get cars. It's right? nuts. Yeah. If you look at, especially you look at uh, uh, 993s, for example, um, even 964s picking up. Um, I have an 87 Turbo uh, that was very high back in 2014. 15 then it kind of leveled off came down now it's back up so yeah if you have a special car like mine is a paint to sample one of only three in a very unique color that's not even a standard porsche color it's a metallic pearl orange color yeah. that's just crazy nice. it's crazy looking yeah it's i call it my orange crush so uh yeah <laughs> love that car yeah don't don't want to let that one go right now it's just too special so i'm going to crawl into your head here gary if you were a vehicle you were actually manifest a vehicle this is your personality your fastidiousness your attention to detail what kind of vehicle would you be and why what kind of vehicle though i would be what, what would i be um I think I would be, uh, because I, I, I'm passionate about Porsches, I think I'd be a 901. Uh, the first, the first 911 is such an iconic car, the early, the really early car. So pre 300 series, so pre 65s, the first cars were, were 901. And then, uh, history, history will tell everybody that they had to change the, um, the the branding or the, or the numbering from 901 to 911 because Peugeot Peugeot had That's the 901 right, yeah. blah 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 yeah. blah uh, and that would that would roll on to the fact that I I've never worked on a 901 I've worked on some some very very early 300 series so th- I think my earliest is 300 and something like 54 so the 54 off the 300 production line um, but never a 901. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they are for sure. Was there a book that you've read that you'd like to share that you think readers could uh, have some fun with or learn a lot from? Um, I've, I, I have read a book recently. It's not a, uh, it's not a huge, huge novel, but uh, once again, I I tend to, uh, I tend to read information, factual things, Mm -hmm. what learn from it. So I'm not a, I'm not a great novelist and story, story reader. Mm-hmm. But I, I read a um, I read an article. Uh, it's like a, a thirty page article on 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 Porsche tra- tractors and the history of Porsche tractors oh. because I managed to procure a Porsche tractor oh. called an AP twenty two. No um, kidding. Got a bit of land here as well. Got a field needs cutting, so got a cutter, and we've just connected the cutter up to the tractor, and one came up locally. Been looking for one for for years, um, so I've just become an expert on Porsche tractors. <laughs> so I've just read that book. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, I just watched that new series by Jeremy Clarkson, Clarkson's Farm, where he decided he bought a big farm and. You know, typical Jeremy. Yeah, he's got a farm shop, isn't he? And 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 does all that sort of thing. Yeah, I've not seen it, but I, uh, there's there's lots of there's lots of politics involved in what he's doing there at the moment with the local authority. Yeah. Can't do this, can't do that. So that's making news at the moment. Well, <laughs> it's pretty fun. And if you're a car guy, and whether you like Jeremy Clarkson or not, he I know he can be controversial, but I found it to be quite wonderful. I I, I think he poked a little. F- 
a lot of fun in himself and kind of opened himself up a little bit. And at the end, it, it had a special meaning for me because my grandparents were farmers and how hard that life is and how he worked so hard this whole first year, had to buy all this equipment, try to grow crops, try to raise sheep. I mean, all this stuff and ended up making 44 pounds, you know, at the end <laughs> of the day. And well, of course, he went out and bought a brand new Lamborghini tractor. So that may have cut into the budget just a little bit. But uh, They're pretty cool. Yeah, I've yeah. A tractor. I've become a tractor expert overnight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, Porsche built some wonderful tractors. Yeah, they did. They did. I've always wanted a Porsche tractor. and um, But it would be um, in, in Europe, they're, they're, they're quite available, but, mm-hmm. but you've got to drive to over there, pick a tractor up. But so, as I said, one, one came up locally and it was, it was, nice. it was cool. It worked. So, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Great. We're going to take one more short break. We come back. We're going to go on the ultimate drive here with Gary. So sit tight. Keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So Gary, we're going to go on the ultimate drive, which means I, you get to pick the car, any car in the world, the person you're going to be with could be living or deceased. Where would you be driving? What would this ultimate drive look like for a guy like you? I think I'm going to revert back to the 901, an early 901, 911. And I think Sit driving and sitting in the passenger seat and saying, "Take me round" would be Ayrton Senna. Oh, okay, he love back it. Back in the day, was an inspiration for racing drivers, and he was driving and winning when I was relatively young. And I just looked upon, and even now, uh, my son, we follow, we still follow his career, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, an unusual one. But, but um, yeah, yeah, inspirational for me. Well, definitely me too. In fact, I've got one of his quotes on my business cards. So I uh, uh, always <laughs> looked up to Ayrton Senna and just the passion that guy had. And of course, the driving skill, everything about him, uh, quite spectacular. So uh, yeah, I hold that true. Be pretty cool to be sitting next to Ayrton in an old Porsche. And watching his feet, oh, watching his feet yeah. dance the magic on the pedal. So uh, very Correct. cool. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, and I want to thank you. Could you share maybe a parting word of wisdom or guidance with us? Maybe a success quote or a mantra that you live by. I would say, treat your customers as you'd want to be treated yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 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 my philosophy in what I do, and it, it it's always brought me success. 
It's the golden rule, really. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's pretty simple. Sure. If mm. everybody in the world behaved that way, I think we'd have a much nicer world. That's for sure. Uh, just uh, treat. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to live. And obviously, it's a key to Gary's success, uh, most definitely. How can people learn more about your business? How can people learn more about my business? Um, I, I'm, I'm very much a social media freak lots of instagram uh you can link to that via via my website i update my website quite a lot not great facebook lover but lots of instagram i like instagram because it's it's quick it's instant it tells people what you're doing yes that capture moment in time so i really enjoy that i get a lot of work and a lot of feedback from instagram so um it's a great platform and i i i, I personally swear by it there you go. I'll make sure I put links to Classic FX, their website and their Instagram page. Make sure you follow them and you can check out the incredibly beautiful work that Gary and his very talented team are doing there at Classic FX. And another quick shout out to Frank Ferris. Hey, Frank, thanks for introducing me to a great person. Uh, this is how I get to have so many wonderful, inspiring automotive enthusiasts here on Cars. Yeah. So Frank, much appreciated. Gary, thanks for uh, treating me to some wonderful time here this morning. I want to thank you for sharing your business and your life with us until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road thanks very much for having me mark it's, it's great to uh it's great to talk to you and great great to talk to somebody inspirational about cars as well keep doing what you guys are doing because you do some spectacular work this has been fun thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.